In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast. Hi, I'm Ceci. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bravo Docket. Angela and I are finally recording together again. It's been a it's been a bit. Hopefully, you guys haven't noticed or missed it too much. But we cleared our calendars and we are ready to get into this. And today, we're going to be talking about the tumultuous relationships of David Bador. I feel like that's a good way to introduce it because, you know, yeah, he had his issues with Shannon. He now has his issues with Leslie or they have joint issues against each other. So we're going to get into all of it. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, but I'm going to surprise you with a question first. Oh, gosh. How does it feel wearing an engagement ring all the time? (laughs) It's like my new fidget. It's like a fidget spinner. Like I'm constantly touching it. I kind of feel like even though I'm not intending to, I feel like I'm showing it off to people unintentionally. Like I'm very aware of my left hand now. I'm like, wow, I use my left hand a lot. Show it Um, off, girl. (laughs) Enjoy it. Oh, thanks. Okay, wait, what was the what was the real question? <laughs> Do you want to talk about the episode? Okay, what we're, yes. what we're doing? Yes. So we're going to go through this, as Sessie said, tumultuous relationship between Shannon and David, David and the woman he cheated on Shannon with, and then David and his second wife, Leslie, and the things that are going on. And I just want to say that Shannon is someone I'm really rooting for to find love and feel loved. This episode isn't necessarily about Shannon, but we're going to talk about the history of their relationship to kind of put everything in context. I really think Shannon's one of the housewives that has been truly vulnerable, and I want her to be happy and feel safe. I also want to note that we are reading from the public affidavits that were filed, and David and his current wife, Leslie, knew when they filed these that people would be reading them because of David's association with RHOC. We've talked before about how there are legal issues and emotional issues, and when a dispute like this gets mixed in with the law, it can get really messy. I also want to say that both parties are or were making domestic violence claims against each other, and we're not reading the stuff to trivialize that or make light of it at all. You guys are going to be hearing this information as an impartial third party, the way a jury would in a state that allows divorce by jury like Georgia or Texas. 
Now, neither Leslie nor David redacted the names or their minor children from the filings, but we're not going to say those names because those kids are not on the show and did not choose to be associated with reality TV. But David made that choice when he joined the RHOC with Shannon, and Leslie made that choice when she decided to date David while he was still associated with reality TV, so they're fair game. And you can see from the affidavits when we get to them that Leslie is definitely familiar with the history of the show and with the previous accusations made against David on the show. If I can make two points based on all that. First point is that they definitely could have gotten this filed under seal, like we talked about when we covered the Georgia divorces. And I say that because one of the first things I tried to look up was Tamara's divorce from Simon from Orange County in the same court, and I couldn't access their divorce proceedings because it involved minor children. So they had the opportunity to seal all of this, and we were just able to go onto the court website and pull it. Second point is that I think like it's easy to make light of the fact that they keep breaking up and getting back together, like we'll talk about, but I do want to just flag that that's kind of a clear-cut sign of an abusive relationship. So I'm not going to say either one of them is the abuser here. I'll leave that to the listener's judgment. But the cycle does seem indicative of that. And, you know, you can decide for yourself. But yeah. Agreed. Again, we trust our listeners to be civil and use good judgment and listen to these things with compassion And, you know, also it's, we are spilling tea here, but we don't want you guys to listen to this stuff and then go make comments on their Instagrams or do anything like that. We trust our listeners to hear this information responsibly, but I completely agree with Ceci, no matter your feelings about who did what or who's at fault, this does appear to be a very unhealthy relationship. Yeah. Also, this is going to be multi-part because everything is very public and they attached a lot to their petitions and not to spoil anything, but it's going to be a multi-part episode. So buckle up. So Ceci, tell us about Shannon Bador. Shannon Bador. She was born March 25th, 1964, and she's 59 years old. She was raised in Bel Air and lived in Rancho Santa Fe in San Diego County, where she attended high school. Shannon later graduated from the University of Southern California, which she reminds us about on the show. She was married to David Bedore, owner of Bedore Construction, Inc., which is a California-based construction company, and they got married September 16, 2000. And we all know from the show that she was in Cotillion, and I don't know, to me, I thought she was more an East Coast born and raised type person, but California, born and bred. Yeah, she seems kind of Mm Connecticut-ish, but like Connecticut and California, if that makes sense. So I put two pictures in here, and one of them is Shannon on her wedding day with David. And then next to it, I put a picture of David's current wife, Leslie, about approximately the same age Shannon was at her wedding. And it honestly kind of creeped me out how much David's current wife looks like Shannon on Shannon's wedding day. You see the resemblance here, right? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. yeah. So they have three daughters, as you know, from watching RHOC. And Shannon and David met in Orange County while she was at USC. 
Several reports published around the time that Shannon joined RHOC in 2013 for season nine claimed that David was once arrested for battery. In response to the report, Shannon denied that the actual battery occurred, telling Star Magazine in 2014, there was no abuse, no physical anything. We had an argument that was resolved very quickly afterward. I thought that if I called the police, the fight would end. We've moved on. It's over and done, end quote. So it's been claimed that David pled guilty to both charges and completed three years of informal probation. And then he's also allegedly completed 10 days in a work program and a voluntary batterer's treatment program. Now, we're going to talk more about this later because Leslie, his current wife, brings this up and she filed some stuff in affidavits about it. But this became a big storyline on season nine of RHOC. So, yeah, it was a big storyline on season nine. Kelly told Shannon what Vicky had told her about David's alleged abuse. So I guess Vicky told Kelly and then Kelly repeated it to Shannon. She said, you know what Vicky said about you? That your husband beat the shit out of you and it's all out there now. How about that? And then Vicky says, I have secrets of Shannon's that she told me in confidence about her relationship with David. And I told Kelly in privacy, Vicky explained later. If you're watching RHOC right now, this is kind of eerily similar to the storylines that are going on right now about people talking about Shannon's relationship with her boyfriend, John, that she's now broken up with and Shannon freaking out about it. And if you're not watching RHOC, listen to Watch What Crappens and their recaps because that's they're just so good. When Shannon joined season nine, she talked about some of the struggles in her marriage to David. Quote, when I moved to Orange County from Los Angeles, my friends introduced me to him. We got pregnant on day three of our honeymoon, which was a blessing. How does she know that? Like, how do you know which day? That's, you don't know. That's so specific. <laughs> Unless they only had sex once on their honeymoon, I guess. I don't know. Which was a blessing, but I did kind of miss out on the Shannon, David together married time. Shannon said in an episode, Talking Head. I just want to know that every so often my husband wants to spend time with me. I don't think that's asking too much, end quote. At the end of season nine, Shannon claimed, quote, our marriage is better than ever. We actually just got back from Hawaii two days ago, and he said to me, I am closer to you today than I was the day after we got married, end quote. Ceci, what happens next? The affair. It's the affair. So David had an affair before season 10 of Real Housewives of Orange County. And in the premiere, she said at a time where it should have been the best year of my life, he started an affair. I caught him whispering to this person on the phone and I suspected that something was wrong. He was taking the kids to school and I grabbed his briefcase. I saw all the hotel receipts. When he came home, I said, I'm going to ask you one last time. Are you having an affair? And he said, yes, I am. Wait, can I interject right there? Why would you keep receipts <laughs> From a hotel in your briefcase, the only reason to keep receipts is if you're going to expense them. Right. Why would I don't understand why you would keep those. But anyway, continue. Yeah. And this led to them reconciling. So that was a huge storyline on Orange County where she was like, we're just going to work through it. I'm with him. He's my husband. I love him still. We're just going to move on. Like nothing happened. And that led to that scene when they go to the couple's retreat and have that therapy session where they imagine that they're at each other's funerals. The Here Lies Shannon. It's Most one authority. of the worst scenes ever. The Daily Mail reported that the affair was with a tech executive named Nicole and that they had a secret affair at luxury hotels like we talked about, including on the night of Shannon's 50th birthday. And again, I mean, it's the Daily Mail. I don't know how accurate this is, but Shannon and Nicole had become friendly after meeting at their 
daughter's after-school basketball games. The source claimed, quote, it turns out that Nicole purposely put her kid on Shannon's daughter's basketball team, a team that David coaches. They began talking during games, and Nicole would ask how her relationship was going. Quote, it just seems really underhanded and manipulative, almost as if she was probing for info to use to break them up, or maybe she was just feeling guilty. I thought that was eerily reminiscent of the scandal stuff with Raquel, but... Oh, yeah. And there was something there was something on the show, too, where she was like, David, you owe me a better birthday this next year. And then he took her to a sports bar. But it was because that he had cheated on her on her 50th birthday. God, that's just awful. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you want to talk about the vow renewal ceremony? Yeah. So then season 11, David surprised Shannon with a housewife's (laughs) the, the cursed vow renewal on her birthday. So yeah, he tried to make up, you know, all the bad birthdays that he kept giving her first with the affair on her 50th. And then I think the 51st was the, the crappy dive bar or whatever. And then I guess this one, he did a vow renewal. I remember that. And most of the cast went and Shannon said that the vow renewal ceremony reinforces that all the choices that I made to fight for our marriage and keep our family together, that was the right decision. Bravo Docket, pop quiz for Sessie and our followers. Can you name all of the housewives that did vow renewals? So Dave Quinn wrote a fun article for People very recently that lists all of these. Definitely Google it and read it. I'll give you a hint. There are 12. Out of the 12, can you guess how many are still married? Okay, can I do that first? Out of the 12, I think one is still married. Just one? Mm-hmm. It is okay. a curse. Okay. It's more? So it's, it's more. Oh, which that surprised me, too. OK, OK. So then I won't try and guess all 12. Oh, well, the title says Ramona and Lisa Vanderpump. So Ramona's definitely didn't last. Lisa Vanderpump's did. So I don't remember hers. OK, I'm going to go through them just because it's interesting. So it's got Kim and Croy. They mm-hmm. did a vow renewal, but they are divorcing, but they're not. So I don't know. They, they're still I together. That, that counts. That counts. So that's one. Ramona and Mario divorced they're not getting back together they're definitely divorced Tamara and eddie judge they're still married hmm david and shannon bedore divorced bronwyn and sean burke divorced vicky oh, I about that one and don govelson divorced yeah i i like to forget about bronwyn to be honest lisa vanderpump and kid todd for one re- for whatever reason i don't remember them doing yeah that's what i just said i don't remember that one yeah, but they're still married. They're still going strong. Cynthia Bailey and Peter Thomas divorced. Karen Huger and Ray Huger still married. Mm. Stephanie and Travis Holman from Real Housewives of Dallas still married. I don't remember that. I don't remember the- theirs either. Whitney and Justin Rose still married. They were so cute at BravoCon. I hope they're both at BravoCon again this year. But I think they're Val Renewal. That's how they started this the the show. Yeah, that was on the first episode. And then Lydia and Doug McLaughlin. I don't remember them they're early orange county okay okay and that's yeah that's it so i think that's a half and half that's shocking yeah still i i think shannon and david's was a classic band-aid on something that was very very bad oh that's not good so i'm telling you guys you've got to read dave quinn's book not all diamonds and rosé sessie got it for me as a present i'm not going to put the quotes in there get the book and read it but there's some really just great stuff in there about 
how all of this went down and the arguments and everything on RHOC. And honestly, it's worth it just for Heather Dubrow and Shannon's quotes alone, but there's tons of great stuff in that book, and we have it linked on our Amazon. If you're a Housewives fan and you don't have that book yet, then you're missing out. Okay, October 2017, Shannon and David separated, and two months later, Shannon officially filed for divorce. The divorce was finalized in December 2019, and Shannon won joint legal and physical custody of their daughters. And then what did David agree to pay? He agreed to pay a $1.4 million lump sum to equalize the division of community property is set forth. And then as part of the agreement, he agreed to pay Shannon a total of $10,000 monthly in support. And so that was $2,935 in child support and $7,065 in spousal support. She also got to keep the 2015 Cadillac Escalade, at least 2018 BMW 7 Series sedan, her bank accounts, household furniture, furnishings in her possession, He got to keep a property near Corona, his construction company, a 1998 Ford Expedition, (laughs) kind of older, a 2008 Ford Explorer, a 2011 Land Rover Range Rover, a 2017 BMW X3, that's a newer one, they have a lot of cars, 2018 Ford Raptor truck, a Porsche, a Mercedes, and some household furniture. But then following this divorce settlement, because it was a settlement, he agreed to do it, She ended up suing her divorce counsel because she said that he advised her incorrectly on what to include in the support documentation or in the ask. And she felt like she got undercut because she got bad advice of counsel. She ended up withdrawing the lawsuit. So that's how that ended. I don't know what happened there with her lawyers, and I'm not going to judge her lawyers And honestly, David might have been making it so awful for her, and we've all watched Shannon on TV for years, that it might have just been better for her mentally to just let it go and move forward. But it does kind of seem like she got robbed with the amount of money he reportedly brings in. She was very stressed on Orange County when this was going on, because I also think the Jim Bellino stuff was going on along at at the same time. So she was dealing with the divorce from David, then suing her counsel, and then being sued by Jim Bellino, and having just to deal with that all at once, kind of all on the show. Just, I mean, it would drive anyone insane. Shannon, start dating an 85-year-old man with a couple yachts and a private island. That's my suggestion. (laughs) I mean, not to generalize, but maybe she should get out of Orange County with her her dating. Yeah. Go to Greece. Find the Greek multimillionaire. Yeah, agrees works. But the best thing to come out of the divorce is that she brought back her surname, which is Storms. And I remember when everyone was like, wait, your your last name this whole time has been Storms? Like, screw the Bedore. Yeah, so it's so much Shannon better. Storms Bedore. Yeah. Eventually, Shannon found a new boyfriend, John Jansen. And according to BravoTV.com, the pair met through mutual college friends and began dating in June 2019. But as you all know, if you're watching the current season, that relationship isn't going well in the season, and they are now broken up. David Bedore. There wasn't a ton of stuff about him on the internet. Ceci, what do we know about David Bedore? So he was born December 6, 1964. He's 58. Online, they say he's worth $20 million, but who knows? Who knows? His current wife, so Leslie, claims in legal documents that he makes $15 million a year. From his website, do you want to read that? For somebody that makes $15 million a year, he's got a Wix website that looks terrible. I mean, Wix can be done well. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I'm not shaming Wix at all, but 
it looks like it was a middle schooler's project that they did not want to do. I'll just put it that way. Founded by David Bedore in 1996, Bedore Construction has worked in numerous counties and cities providing excellent construction services. At Bedore Construction Company, Inc., we take great pride in our excellent workmanship, competitive fees, and the ability to deliver outstanding results. Since our founding, we've worked hard toward building and maintaining a stellar reputation as a leading California construction company. So that's what we know about that. David and Leslie Cook, who, by the way, is 20 years younger than Shannon, were first publicly linked in 2018 and confirmed their engagement in January 2020, just nine months after David and Shannon reached a divorce settlement. And, Ceci, what did Leslie say about it on her Instagram? She said, oh, God, just before I say what she said, they're, her, they're both so cringy on Instagram. So cringy. Like, that should be a sign of a bad relationship. <laughs> we all should have just known from their posts. Like, this is a horrible relationship. Anyway, but she said, today I said yes to the band of my dreams. You complete me. Like, I would not say that. And of course, on an Instagram story, Leslie wrote, quote, you're just a small bump alongside an emoji of a pregnant woman. They signed a prenuptial agreement on October 9th, 2020, and then got married in October 2020. Again, Leslie posted on Instagram, quote, you are the most supportive, kind, adventurous, loving, and patient man. Grateful to have found you. Proud to be your wife. So remember that when we're reading some of the text messages they're sending to each other now. It's like the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They get married in October 2020. And then by August 19, 2022, there's some stuff going on. And how are we going to pronounce this person's name? Why don't we just call him P? Eric P. Okay, that's that's better. All right. Declaration of Eric P. Who is he? He is the father of, I believe, two of Leslie's children. Desi mm-hmm. and I are just going to go back and forth reading this. And Eric P. is requesting... On August 19, 2022, a restraining order against David Bedore. Okay. I request a restraining order to be issued against David Bedore for his threats, harassment, and hostile behavior towards me that has caused me to fear for my safety and suffer substantial emotional distress and great annoyance. I feel like I could say that about a lot of people in my life. Yeah. I mean, you can't really get a restraining order for being annoyed. So I love that he threw that in. I know. And great annoyance. Let's just read the paragraphs back and forth. Yeah. I do not know David Bedore. We are not friends or even acquaintances. He is married to Leslie Ann Cook Bedore, who is the mother of my two minor children. Leslie and I share joint legal and physical custody of our kids. During her parenting time, the children live at David Bedore's home. Leslie and I are currently involved in a highly contested child custody and child support matter pending before the Orange County Superior Court. David Bedore is not a party to that proceeding. I do not have any contact or communication with him regarding anything concerning that family law case, my children, or anything else for that matter. Any communication or contact I've had with David Bedore has been instigated by him. Over the past several weeks, he has taken to terrorizing, harassing, and or provoking me in person and via email. We're going to read the, e- the emails. Yeah. Threats and harassment by David Bedore. David Bodor sent me seven emails on August 16th making threats against me, vulgar disparaging remarks about me, and denigrated me to my children and the admissions office at my daughter's school. So we're going to read the emails in order after this. 
So I'm skipping ahead to six, but as shown in the attached emails, David Bedore spent an entire day spewing threats, hate, and vulgarities at me and about me to my children and third parties. His emails reveal pure hate, rage, and extreme hostility toward me. No one should have to deal with this. If a restraining order is not granted based on these emails alone, David Bedore will feel emboldened to escalate his harassment and abusive behavior towards me. Then he goes on and describes additional emails that we're going to read. And then he said, these emails lead me to believe it's just a matter of time that he will try to harm me physically if the restraining order is not granted. He sent those emails not only to harass me, but also to provoke me. The profanity-laced emails, threats, and taunts about my masculinity was intentional and meant to instigate me into a fight so he can then have the justification he needed to attack me physically. And he says, on July 17, 2022, Leslie Bedore told me to pick up the kids at 10 a.m. When I arrived on time, I parked at the curb of David Bedore's home. While I waited inside my car for the children to come out, David Bedore confronted me and started to pick a fight with me by calling me scumbag, amongst other things. I explained that I was there to pick up my children, but he continued to call me names. His tirade went on for several minutes until I told him I was disengaging and rolled up my window. The children came out to my car around 10, 10 a.m., and I started to drive away. David Bedore made ominous gestures toward me. I know what ominous means, but I'm trying to imagine an ominous gesture. Like cutting or slitting your throat? I know the Italian ominous gesture. <laughs> I don't know what this person was doing. Either... I mean, either the lawyer, I mean, obviously the lawyer wrote this or, but, you know, this guy, at least if he wrote any of it, he's got a, he's got a good vocabulary. David Bedore made ominous gestures towards me and again called me a scumbag to provoke me. I told him I did not want to do this in front of kids. How about he and I meet at the beach sometime? He said, how about right now and approach my vehicle? I pulled my phone to record him approaching my car. So he backed off, but we exchanged words. I never once got out of the car while he was trying his best to pick a fight with me. After I left with the children, he emailed me at 11.26 a.m. He didn't write anything but attached a beach with umbrella emoji. See Exhibit 10. Oh, my God. Oh, no. And it's true. Exhibit 10 is an email with a beach with umbrella emoji. He was clearly looking for a fight. I did not respond as provocation. Oh, my God. So he was like... Let's meet at the beach. And then David <laughs> responded with the... I mean... <laughs> clever. You guys have to, you guys are going to have to let us just laugh at some of this stuff. The email starts at August 16th, 2022 at 1.51 a.m. Sessie. 1.51 a.m. Erics, I let your kids know you're an ex-convict who served time in prison for stealing from people, which is what the P family. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Legal team. Have you guys been on Quince's website recently? I shopped on there like three years ago for the first time and bought myself a bunch of cashmere sweaters. I lived in the black cashmere sweater, lived in it. And I hadn't shopped on there for a while because my cashmere sweaters lasted for a really long time. But I decided to go back on there and, oh my gosh, have they completely expanded everything that they offer. The workwear, they have washable silk. And I mean, it's so affordable. I also shared with you all that I'm recently engaged and I'm in the middle of wedding planning. So anytime I'm shopping, I'm thinking about wedding, 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 wedding. And they have everything I need for the wedding. I just booked my honeymoon. We're going to go to Southeast Asia. It's going to be hot there. And I've been looking for good linen pieces. Guess what? Quince has good linen pieces and they start at only $30. Then I'm like, okay, we need to get our wedding bands. You know who has fine jewelry now? 14 karat gold. Quince. So I send the link to Avery and I'm like, you have to get your wedding band from here. It's affordable and it looks just like any other wedding band. I mean, it looks great. Another thing I'm doing, again, I have wedding on the brain. I want to look my best. So I'm like, okay, I really want cute little matching sets to go work out in. It's the only way I can get motivated. I have to like wear a cute little matching set. I've gotten really into Pilates and guess what? Quince has the matching sets. They look identical to matching sets I've already purchased from another sports brand. They have the same thing and at a fraction of the cost. I was able to get two tops and one pair of pants for the same price that I could only get one set at this other sportswear place. I mean, come on. Quince is just killing it. If you've shopped there before, it's time to go back on again. They have just completely expanded the categories of goods that they have to offer. They're not just all about cashmere sweaters anymore. They have got a ton of stuff, and I highly recommend you go check it out. If you're ready to go try out Quince, go to quince.com slash docket to get free shipping and 365-day returns. That is q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash docket to get free shipping and 365-day returns. That is an amazing guarantee on their goods. So go check it out. I highly recommend it, guys. It's all about find your kids a home. They're no longer welcome in mine. I'm tired of you living off me, your typo, your piece of shit fraud. When the FBI comes calling, that was me that called. You deserve everything coming to you, you fucking slimeball. Your brother, even bigger slimeball. David A. Bedore. Bedore Construction Company. <laughs> David Bedore, 201 AM. And Leslie needs a home as well. She still loves you dearly. She tells me all the time, but prefers the lifestyle I provide her. The one who stole everyone's money from and used it for yourself. Leslie still defends you that you did nothing wrong. But you're, again, Y-O-U-R, an ex-convict in my mind for some reason. She's always so proud she worked for you too. One more, your gross ass will never be close to my daughter. Hope you have a nice alcoholic sleep. David A. Bedore. Bedore Construction Company. All right. So I take it back. I don't think he woke up and sent these. I think this was a full night bender of emails. 5.15 a.m. The subject uh, is your children. Yes. Would you like to read this first email from 5.15 a.m.? Eric's. And it's from David. You taught Leslie well. She's stealing money from me now. That's got to put a huge smile on your face. You and your brother must be crazy proud of her, stealing from honest, hardworking people to fund their lifestyle. Didn't you go to prison and get fucked and fuck men in there for stealing from people? 
Leslie told me your boyfriend reached out to you several times after you left. What a bunch of trailer trash corrupt people you are. Slime of the earth. Oof. David A. Bedore, Bedore Construction Company. I know it's an auto signature, but it's still funny. <laughs> I know. Next one, at same day at 6.02 a.m. And there's, there's a link to something about a $100 million real estate fraud in Belize. Good, honest, hardworking people. The Puke family, they let others pay for their children. That poor Hispanic you live with, you slimeball, you're using her too. Fucking criminals, I'm taking you down, you piece of shit. David A. Bedore, Bedore Construction Company. Oh, hi, buddy. My child has joined. All right, now we're up to 6.12 a.m. <laughs> David, I've told my kids when you try and kill me because you're a fucking convict. My kids know it was you or your fake slimeball brother and your slimeball friends. David A. Bedore, Bedore Construction Company. <laughs> so now we're at 8.11 p.m. Eric's. Leslie and I have separated and she will be served divorce papers in the next couple days. Your days of living off me are over. It's good your kids know your criminal convict ways. What you served five years of your life in federal prison for, see their sperm donor and sad excuse for a human he is. Their life is about to drastically change. And to think their sad excuse of a human couldn't pay their mother what the law requires for his sperm donation. Hopefully they don't turn out like you and the puke family stealing from others to support their fake lifestyle. Good to see you read the emails through fucking slimeball and to think you're stealing and scamming that girl you live with too. Fucking slimeball. The worst of the worst. Have your brother stop by sometime. Besides you, I've never met a serial con artist. Is that like a serial rapist or serial murderer? David Ebador. Do you know the outcome of that one? Did the ex-husband get a restraining order? The temporary restraining order was granted. So September 2022 is when David initially filed for divorce from Leslie. So that was around like a month later after these emails back and forth. And he cited then irreconcilable differences as the reason for the split. And then later that month, Leslie claimed that she was also filing for divorce after he dismissed his, but she eventually dismissed hers as well. But then they both decided to file again in May 2023. And per her declaration, she filed for divorce May 29, and then he filed one day later on May 30th. So he put the date of separation, I just looked at his petition, as May 23rd, 2023, he mentioned their daughter, who was two at the time that he filed. I don't know. Maybe she had a, a birthday in between. She's either two or three now. And he filed a declaration for custody, which basically is saying this is where the minor child lives, and it determines what court should oversee the custody de determination. Do you have any details on the prenup? I couldn't find it, and I only know what they state. He says, given the very short-term marriage, there are nominal community property assets and debts. The true nature and extent of the community assets and debts shall be determined at settlement or trial. There's a prenuptial agreement effective October 9th, 2020, that controls. And there's a little bit more about it in some of the affidavits, but I don't have the whole thing. It wasn't attached to anything that I could find. Got it. Yeah. Well, given that I just took the California bar and I have a lot of community property knowledge that I didn't get to tell anyone about, I just want to note that we've talked about it before, but California is a community property state. So that means at the beginning of a valid marriage, anything that is made, so income that's generated, any debts that are accrued, any property that you purchase throughout the course of your marriage, 
is community property unless there's a prenuptial agreement or, you know, there can be some some exceptions depending on the law and what type of asset it is. And then upon divorce or permanent physical separation, they got rid of the physical part, so permanent separation with an intent to remain separated. That's when the community property timeline, when you start looking at that, that's when it ends. And then things like gifts or like inheritance, that is separate property and basically everything that you had before the marriage start that's started that's also separate property and a lot of times you'll have to trace the assets to see whether they're separate property or they're community property so there you go that's my little little bit of community property knowledge I feel like an expert now thanks California thanks California bar (laughs) anyway he's saying we ain't got none because it was such a short marriage yeah and there's a prenup so yeah um yeah Do you want to talk about the other orders? Yeah. So then they also filed a stipulation on visitation, and it was confirmed by the court on June 6th. So they basically entered into this agreement for custody and visitation rights. The court ended up editing it a little bit. He was like, nah, you're not going to do a 2 p.m. drop off. You're going to do 7 p.m. It basically splits it up and says how the exchanges are supposed to occur. So the court also said all exchanges are to occur in the lobby of the Laguna Beach Police Department. So it's 7 p.m. And their drop-offs are very contentious. <laughs> they managed to make them contentious even while doing them in the police station. So that's that's yeah. something. Well, so, originally they said they wanted to do it at the Crystal Cove parking lot next to Trader Joe's. And the court was like, mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm not doing it at the parking lot at Trader Joe's. Yes, <laughs> to the the police department. It also says the father, meaning David, shall pay the mother the sum of forty thousand dollars on or before June 9th, twenty twenty three, and that David Bedore shall receive a credit towards his spousal support obligation as outlined in the party's premarital agreement dated October 9th, twenty twenty, in the sum of forty thousand dollars for having paid this forty thousand dollars. And it says that the mother shall have exclusive use and possession of the rental property in Laguna Beach until June 30th. Mother shall move out by June 30th on 5 p.m. Thereafter, David Bedore shall have exclusive use and possession of the Emerald Bay property. It's the, the, the Laguna Beach one. Yeah. It also says the party shall re- refrain from speaking of the other party in a derogatory manner to the minor child or any third party. I don't really think they followed that one. And this agreement shall constitute an agreement between the parties outside the presence of the court that shall be binding as an order of the court. Now, Ceci and I talked about how the child exchange became very contentious. And there's some emails attached to these filings that we are going to read portions of to you. Because hopefully, one, you will never be in this type of dispute. And two, if you ever do get in this type of dispute, this sort of illustrates how important it is to as much as you can, disassociate and separate the emotional issues from the legal issues. That's really hard to do. But it should not be difficult to drop your child off and have their child picked up. That should be a non-stressful exchange. But when one or both parties make it stressful, it can get very stressful really fast. So, Ceci, do you want to start with this email between the attorneys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is right after they filed for divorce. So this is from May 31st. It's the day after David filed his petition and two days after Leslie filed hers. Okay, so this is 
an email from David's counsel on May 31st. It was two days after Leslie filed her petition and one day after David filed his petition for divorce. It says, good afternoon, Ms. Jafari. Mr. Bedore is scheduled to visit with Blank tomorrow. So Blank is the minor child's name. From two, well, her name's not actually Blank. We're just saying Blank. But from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. per the recent executed stipulation and order. Mr. Bedore is requesting that Ms. Bedore deliver any and all mail that is addressed to him, including a FedEx package that was delivered from Saks. Lastly, Mr. Bedore would like to pick up some belongings from the Laguna Beach property. Would you please discuss with your client and advise of a window of time frame in which Mr. Bedore can stop by and pick up his belongings? Thank you in advance for your courtesy and cooperation. Please confirm that your client will oblige these requests. And I will just note that because this was on May 31st before the court made his little edit, the drop-offs were still happening at Trader Joe's. So just so you know. Right. And that sounds totally reasonable, right? It's just, I want to pick some stuff up. I want my mail. This visit's already been scheduled and they're communicating via counsel, which is what you're supposed to do. And you're both represented by counsel. And this was the attorney sending a polite request with specific information. And this should be easy, right? Leslie's attorney responds. So that email was sent on May 31st, 4.28 p.m. And then there's a response May 31st at 4.42 p.m. It's like 20 minutes later. Yeah. And it says, dear uh, David's attorney, please address the email I sent an hour ago about my client's gas card being turned back on today. Today is in all caps. My client does not have income from wages and therefore needs gas in her car to be able to go to the drop-off location, which is in Costa Mesa, which is about 45 minutes away from her home. In addition, please have Mr. Medor make a list of the items he needs from the marital home for the next month, and my client will drop them off during the exchange next Tuesday. My client will drop off his mail and would like to drop and would like to pick up all the Christmas ornaments she has at her office at Bedore Construction as well tomorrow. If Mr. Bedore is requesting to go into the residence when my client is there, he would have to arrange a police escort to do so as my client has exclusive use of the marital residence. I would wait to have the court order signed by the judge before arranging this as it's not a court order yet, as you know. So then we're on to June 1st. So the next day. Yes. And this starts at 7.55 a.m. And Ceci, what happens? This is Leslie's counsel. To have the exchange go smoothly today, you must ask your client to turn the gas card back on. My client will not be able to drive blank to the drop-off, which is 45 minutes away with an empty gas can. In addition, Mr. Bedore unilaterally took out all monies in the joint bank account and closed the account yesterday. Please see below email from Wells Fargo. I'm not certain how Mr. Bedore closed the joint account since my client would be required to consent to the closing. If Mr. Bedore forged my client's signature electronically or on a paper document, that is a felony. My client will call Wells Fargo when they open this morning to find out about how this happened. It is clear that Mr. Bedore is in violation of the temporary restraining orders and he will be subject to sanctions for doing so. As I told Mr. Danny Mon Monarch two days ago, I am attempting to contain this case and not have it blow up in court and in the press. It's becoming increasing that should say increasingly typo it's becoming increasingly more difficult for our firm to contain it as mr bedore continues to financially abuse my client by cutting off all access to money these actions could result in us going to court ex parte again this week please let me know when mr bedore turns the gas card back on today so my client can drive to the drop-off location by 2 p.m and then it shows the wells fargo account is closed 
And Ceci, what does ex parte mean? One person going to the court. Yeah. So that just means making a motion to the court on your own. At 9.05 a.m., it says, Miss Leslie's attorney, I'm stepping in to respond to your email as so-and-so are at a conference today. We did forward your email to Mr. Bedore for his response. Firstly, Ms. Bedore is the one who withdrew the money out of the account several days ago. Anytime Mr. Bedore would put any money into the account, she would immediately withdraw it. The records will confirm this. The account was closed on May 30th at 11.10 a.m. due to her consistent withdrawal of the funds. An hour later was when Mr. Bedore received a copy of the unconfirmed petition. There is nothing in place that requires Mr. Bedore to reinstate her gas card. He will meet her at the Chevron gas station by his work at 2 p.m. for the exchange, and as a courtesy, he will fill her car up with gas at this time. Any attempt to go ex parte on financial issues will be met with the request for sanctions, especially given the fact that she is set to receive 40 k in just a week. Thank you, David Bedore's attorney. Ceci, what does the 10.10 a.m. email say? By the way, this is costing a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, these are not short emails. So at 10, 10 a.m., this is from Leslie's counsel. I'm in Chicago at an AAML seminar. I just read your email. Please confirm that you are actually relaying your client's position that she will not deliver blank until she receives her $40,000 in July. This position is reprehensible, and the court will find such a position relevant to the issue of attorney's fees and costs and custody. It's, oh God, this is classic lawyer. It's like, they were like, well, she's getting 40000 so she should chill. And then they're like, Please confirm that you're saying we can't do custody exchange until she gets 40000 Anyway, you, your clients, that's another typo. Your clients feigned inability to deliver blank without having a gas card is not earnest and it is tantamount to a ransom. You are correct in that there is no current order. Your client has no more custodial rights than does Mr. Bedore. What you arrogantly deem as laughable is not laughable to us. Your client not having a gas card is not a reason for her to withhold blank. Your communications and even your petition cast aspersions on Mr. Bedore based upon incomplete and fat out inaccurate information. You as the attorney chose to make accusations based solely on what your client has told you, which you intentionally put in a public record in your petition. Please spare us the self-serving comments that you want to keep this matter out of the public. Your client panders to TMZ with her own impression that she is a celebrity for some reason, and she knows full well that these smut gossip reporting agencies will review her petition and blank will be front and center. Mr. DeBredore placed a high premium on keeping this out of the public, but that premium has been destroyed. I am in an AAML conference in Chicago, and I need to get back to it. Again, Please simply confirm that you are actually relaying your client's position that she will not deliver blank until she receives her $40,000 in July. That's the only information we request at this juncture. Very truly yours, David's counsel. Sassy's right. That is classic lawyer. So that email that you had just read is one of David's counsel. And then the one I read is another one of David's counsel. It's like two different people on behalf of David. So those were back to back David complaints. I think we're missing some emails here, but at a certain point, the council do appear to become more civil with each other, and they're discussing having a private judge, which is kind of like a, a private magistrate to oversee the proceedings when it looks like they're going to get very Nasty. heated. Sometimes, especially if the clients are pushing aggressive maneuvers, it can be helpful to have 
a private magistrate judge oversee everything so you can get an answer right away. But they cost money and you have to pay for them. Okay, so this is this is Leslie's attorney, and this is sent on June 1st, 10.33 a.m., and it says, Who should I be emailing going forward, you or Miss So-and-so? Since Tuesday, I have spoken to four different people at your firm. I prefer to only deal with one going forward. By the way, the payment is made by June 9th, 2023, per the stipulation, and not July as your email incorrectly states. The money was supposed to be used by my client to move out of the residence the parties are leasing. This is underlined. We had no prior knowledge that Mr. Bedore would shut off my client's gas card and take out all the monies in their joint bank account at Wells Fargo. That is a violation of the ATROs, as you know. My client is not extorting your client, but is stating a fact. She doesn't have the money to pay for gas as two of the accounts are now closed unilaterally by Mr. Bedore. She will agree to drop off blank at the Laguna Beach police station, which is closer to her home. That resolves the gas issue. You attacking my character and professionalism in this email exchange is of no relevance or consequence to me. Sincerely, lawyer. Please advise if the exchange on Sunday will be at Laguna Beach Police Station or the Trader Joe's parking lot. Secondly, please have your client bring all of Mr. Bedore's mail, USPS mail and FedEx, UPS, Amazon, etc. type of packages and provide it to him at the exchange. Thank you. So then it's Leslie's attorney responding at 1048 a.m. on June 2nd. She says, Miss Attorney, I'm meeting with my client today and will let you know shortly, but I believe the Laguna Beach Police Station would work best for the Sunday exchange. I will confirm it with you in one hour. I will also have my client bring Mr. Bedore's mail to the drop-off. This is a lot of legal fees. Mm-mm. Confirmed at the Laguna Beach Police Station on Sunday for pickup at 10 a.m. and drop-off at 4 p.m., Please have Mr. Bedore drop off blank inside the station as yesterday. He dropped her off on the sidewalk. That is traumatizing to a two and a half year old as she was looking around wondering what happened. In the meantime, I suggest the parties register on Our Family Wizard as Mr. Bedore is sending derogatory text messages to my client today. We have kept the conversation and can forward them to you per your request. We are putting together a request for order, but we'll send your office a formal, formal letter to resolve some of the temporary issues before filing. Mr. Bedore threatened my client with a deposition today, and he must only speak to her about their daughter blank. Nothing more and nothing less. In addition, Mr. Bedore threw $50 in the bushes yesterday at pickup. My client asked the police officers who were present if she could film the exchange. I have attached the short video for your reference. One of Bedore's other counsel and I spoke on Tuesday, he indicated that Mr. Bedore could present the $40,000 to my client sooner, but we would use the June 9th date on the stipulation. If Mr. Bedore can do so, I believe my client has located an apartment in Huntington Beach, but cannot put a deposit down until she receives the payment. Mr. Bedore can place the check in an envelope and hand it to my client or mail it to her at her residence. Sincerely, Leslie's counsel. So I don't think this email was supposed to be sent to everyone because it's addressed to David and it also copies the other counsel. So this is David's counsel and it says, see below for now Sunday exchange. It's best to keep it at Laguna PD. As we discuss, it means you'll have the cops right there if you need to report an incident. It should keep Leslie on her best behavior. We can revisit exchange location when Mike is back on Monday. I'm assuming that's the other counsel waiting for other counsel regarding the other items she mentions. I think that was an accidental email. Don't you? To everyone? Like you thought yeah. it was just supposed to go to David. Yeah. I think, it was, I think that was an accidental reply all. Yeah. Well, then David got in. 
And David's like, emails Leslie's counsel. You are not being truthful. Please send the entire video. I purchased diapers as you requested and your client refused them. Why did you ask for them? Another lie, wasn't it? She money. Okay. I'm going to assume he meant she stole money from her ex-convict baby daddy and her checking records will show it. I asked her if she wanted the $50 after that. She said yes with my daughter in my hands. I went back to get it for her and set it on the planter. If you played the entire video, which I know you saw, I know you you know you're lying. Moreover, your client refused to go into the police station. She has it on her video. Her and your lies do not work. Horrific what you two are doing to my little princess. Horrific. Exclamation point. So then there's a picture of diapers, and then it says, timestamp, your lies don't work. David A. Bedore, Bedore Construction Company. This is all from June 2nd, and then on June 4th, there is a licensed clinical social worker that was hired by Leslie Bedore that submitted a declaration, and we will read this for you as well. Because these are the types of things that happen when these cases get contentious. This isn't even a week after they filed for divorce. Like, not even a week. I know. I mean, they did list the date of separation as May 23rd, so... But that's still not that long. But yeah, not that long. Now we're up to June 6th, where David Bedore files a restraining order against Leslie Bedore, and then Leslie Bedore files one the same day. John recorded this in his voice, and Ceci pointed out very accurately that John's voice is too good for David Bedore. But if you you have to listen to David Bedore talk, it might as well be in John's voice. So you're welcome. There's still a lot to come. So yeah, we've just gone through the background of them, his relationship with Shannon, the background with Leslie, the back and forth about this drop-off, their divorce petition how things are starting to brew, and now they've both filed restraining orders. And we're going to get into all the support for the restraining orders in the next episode, and that is where things just get real juicy. They saved every text message, like every text message. So we'll stop here. Thanks, legal team. Remember, we have our Instagram. We have our Patreon. So we haven't been posting about our Patreon as much on our Instagram, but we are going to post documents there as soon as we have time to redact the minor children's names we're gonna post the pictures we're gonna post the text messages there's all the stuff that was filed and we're gonna post that for you it's also a great place to ask questions thank you guys for your support and thank you for your really good reviews that you've left on itunes it has made our day we really appreciate that thanks legal team hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.
The Bravo Docket is part of the ACAST Creator Network. <laughs>